0: cougs house all right it is officially the last day that players can enter the basketball transfer portal houston's got a spot on the roster and a kid just entered that looks like he might be a perfect houston cougar you are locked on cougs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Angel that breakdown down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hit Camp by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you get the latest on the Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Uh, welcome back to the YouTube channel. It is good to see you again. I have to say, uh, we are approaching that 1250 slowly, slowly it feels like, but steadily. Somebody new joins on the show every day, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Remember, at 1250, we're giving something away every 250, and the next marker is 1250. It's hatches like this one. has got locked on. You know what? Why don't we pull it up? Um, it is got locked on right there. It's got the Nike Dry Fit. It's got the little Goku on the front. It's giving that thing away at 1250, so make sure... You uh, hit subscribe down below and then like and comment to let us know you're involved or want the hat itself. Um, If, after listening to this basketball talk all day, you're tired about talking about transfers or potential cougs, tell us down below, does a fast food restaurant have to have a drive-thru to be qualified as, quote, fast food? And if not, I got a whole bunch of other questions. Um, This is a question of the day in class, and I have a question of the day every day, and I enjoy that one for sure. Um, what I want to do is a couple things. One, I want to spend the first segment talking about Julian Phillips, a guy that just in the transfer portal uh, that fits everything Houston would like to do. This kid is a tremendous, tremendous talent and basketball player. And then the second segment, I want to talk about other guys that are options that I see as options Houston could and should go after if Julian Phillips goes a different route, because he very well might go a very, very high money-making route. And then the third segment, I, we got to investigate, like, does Houston really have to do something right now? Um, but first, before we even get into the first one, let's point out, uh, ha- good work to Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes played all 48 minutes for the New York Knicks last night. Um, he, you know, I had just a stat line of, what was the stat line? Let me pull this back up. Uh, yeah, just, uh, what did it go? five assists and 4 rebounds. A fairly, like, you know, mediocre stat line. kind of hits every box. Was in the game for 48 minutes, but man, his defensive intensity on one, Jimmy Butler, really helped shift the series for the New York Knicks last night and kind of helped give them a little bit more life as they head back to Miami. I believe that one's at 3-2 now. Uh, so shouts to the alum. Big, big moves there. Um, but first, let's talk some in our first segment about Julian Phillips. Now, Julian Phillips is a transfer from Tennessee, uh, University of Tennessee, I should say. He actually is from killeen texas uh originally born there he went to link academy uh which is one of those like basketball academies right that like has a couple guys goes pro every couple years one 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 and done type guys um he's a six eight long lanky forward would play the power forward spot for houston i imagine in kind of the same small ball type lineup that houston played a lot last season um I have to say in watching his game, and I did watch him Tennessee this year uh, because they were really good and interesting team to play. Um, while Tennessee plays super ugly and air quotes basketball, he strikes me as like Jairus Walker light potentially. And that's not to say he can come into Houston and be a top 10 draft picture. Maybe we'll, that we both like that. Um, but I have to say that he feels like that Jairus Walker light position in a bunch of different ways. Um, let's look at what those ways are. I guess first, He is a great drive. He's 6'8 and long and a great driver from the perimeter. Truthfully, his position at the next level would probably be a small forward spot, but his height and length kind of give him the power forward edge potentially in a small lineup for Houston. Um, Great finish around the rim, gets up and elevate, uses length to his advantage, is crafty with different finishes. You know, per stats here, I got some analytics down. He's got more than half of his makes, just 52% of his shot attempts, I should say. And that's a lot of his makes are at the rim itself. A great, great driver. Um, that being said, he does shoot the three well. Um, he, for what it's worth, is a, uh, a like, catch-and-shoot guy. He's not, necessarily the most, he's not like an off-the-dribble kind of guy necessarily um, in the same kind of way like you think of like, Steph Curry. Though, then we play of the show. Um, he's not like a Steph Curry off-the-bounce coming off screen and all that kind of stuff kind of shooter, but he does shoot uh, effectively on the right side of the floor. He was up over 32% on the right side of the floor, interestingly enough. Um, on the left side of the floor, he was not so great last season. And then, frankly, Tennessee did not have a great offensive year and so like you know that didn't go so so well on the whole but he actually shoots up pretty well from the right side of the floor and coincidentally did the same from the right elbow if you look at like different heat charts on the floor did liked liked he liked i should say shooting jump shots on that side um worked really really well on the high post though as a facilitator and passer kind of got to that nail the nail the most free throw line type of area i uh, did a great job of distributing the basketball from there did some great high low work for Tennessee, uh, Nakama, um, who was also in the transfer portal, for what it's worth, um, kind of going back and forth, uh, toying with defenses in that instance. Um, what I like about him, though, in coming to Houston, is I think Houston offers this great ability for him to continue to show off how tremendous a defender he is. I mean, Tennessee played some of the best defense, much like Houston, in the entirety of college basketball. But he would also get a better chance to show off his offense at Houston because... Samson lets the guys do a lot of NBA type of stuff on offense by running different actions as opposed to sets. And in doing so, he get to kind of show off some of his creativity into his game that he had in moments and spurts, but realistically only got to show off a lot more at Link Academy. Um, you know, I, I think the interesting thing here is that this would be moving Houston to that small ball lineup. You'd move Jawan Roberts back to the five. Um, Some people did like that. Some people did not. I really did. I like the speed of it, the pace of it. And if you can get the kind of energy and enthusiasm for boards is what I like to call it, where those guys are just diving on the floor for rebounds out of Juwan Arberts, out of potentially Julian Phillips or out of Jairus Walker last season. Um, it works. It just takes a high motor guy. I think we've got those kinds of guys. Um, I, I will say that I trust his defense because while he was not always the like matched up with the other team's best player defender, like we had Jarrus doing necessarily, um, Tennessee ran such a great I mean Rick Barnes they did a great job with the defense. And, you know, for all the things you can talk about, Tennessee underachieving at the end of the season, Rick Barnes did a great job coaching up that defense and uh, you know, Julian Phillips was a big, big part of that. Um we do have to mention that he has thrown his name in the transfer portal as of Wednesday. The transfer portal is over at midnight on Thursday. So no more guys can enter their names in. People can still technically be recruited and sign one ever afterwards if they'd like. Um, and so it's just kind of then, how long do you wait? Um, the other piece of this, though, for Phillips is he is at the NBA draft process and he or he's involved in the NBA draft process and is invited to the combine as we mentioned a few days ago and on twitter if you follow me on twitter at 512 um the nba draft combine invites a lot more than 60 guys and only 60 guys get drafted currently some people have julian phillips as like the 12 to 15th best small forward in the nba draft but statistically if you look at things that's like a late second round pick middle to late second round pick at best. Um, The big thing there for a kid like Julian Phillips is that's not guaranteed money. Uh, It's not even a guaranteed contract. That's just kind of like, you have to go to that team's camp and then going to that team's camp. um, You know, obviously GM's probably going to show you some favoritism because they picked you. But honestly, the deal there is that like Julian Phillips was a McDonald's all American in high school just a year ago was projected to be this one and done type of superstar, uh, five-star prospect out of high school at Link Again, the Link Academy, you don't just go to one of these academies for no reason. The idea that he'd be a second-round pick, if he's got that potential, I think he, especially with NIL money in the world now, would very much see Houston as a place that's a big city, Big 12 basketball, showing off the defense, showing off the offense, and... With what we've seen linking coups do for an NIL world, like Marcus Sass was the 10th highest paid player in college basketball last year through NIL deals. You start to piece that together, and suddenly it feels like, oh, Julian could kind of show off why he's a lottery pick, potentially, or a top 15, 16, 17, something in that range pick next season, the 2024 drafts, and in doing so, make himself a lot more money in the long term and secure a spot in the NBA, or as a Second round pick would a late second round pick, especially would not necessarily secure him that spot in the NBA. Now, he was invited to that draft combine, like I said, though. And while you know, LJ Cryer and Jamal Shedd were not, um, you know, and there are more than 60 guys invited to that thing 60 guys being drafted because there are two rounds of 30 picks. Um, it's worth pointing out that. He probably won't make his decision till later. You may be, see these guys withdraw all the way up until that May 31st deadline. So if Houston wants in on this guy, while well, today feels like an exciting day, it might be further down the line. <laughs> um, that being said, I think he's built perfectly for Houston. Oh, speaking of built. Let's talk about our buddies today, Built Bar. Um, now, again, this is my favorite sponsor to talk about because it's one I was using well before Locked on Cougs was even a figment of the Locked on Podcast Network imagination. <laughs> honestly, I've been eating these things for breakfast for a long, long time. Uh, they're a great snack. You can grab them, grab two of them, throw in your bag on the go. Uh, they're healthy, got great macros. Again, it's you know 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein in most bars. Uh, you throw two of those things in your bag, that's a full-filling breakfast. Trust me on that one. And they're delicious. They taste like candy bars covered in real chocolate. My personal favorite is the coconut almond. but You can get all your favorite flavors at Built.com. And you can even find some boxes at places like Walmart. You can go to the pharmacy get a four-bar box of things like uh, cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, coconut puff. Uh, You can go to Sam's Club and get the brownie butter, uh, brownie batter puff, and churro filled puff. Uh, Those are things from like thirteen at Sam's Club. You get the whole family size box there as well. All kinds of options, more specialty flavors, of course at Built.com. Trust me, you're not going to regret it. These protein bars are amazing. They taste like candy bars. Go get your Built today. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about backup plans because Houston's got a spot on their roster, and Julian Phillips should be that guy, I think, Um, but he's not the only option here. We mentioned before, but I want to mention again, Grant Nelson is a power forward, point forward type guy, 6'10", 215, and a high, high score that really ran the entire show at, North Dakota State. He will also be at this draft combine, so we will also be probably going this process probably a little bit longer. But the fact that he entered the transfer portal, and I probably should have said this about Julian as well, entering the portal after that list has comes out, or after the, you're this far into the draft process, probably means you've heard from one or two guys that you need to show off your competition or show off different parts of your game. Then you got to at your previous stop. I would imagine for Grant Nelson, the argument was level of competition. He was at North Dakota State what better way to prove you can play at the big leagues than playing in the best conference in college basketball? It's no question. The big 12 play for Houston, play for Kelvin Sampson, show it off. You've seen what Houston just did with Jarris Walker. And I keep using him as an example for these forwards because Jarris is a projected top five, six pick, depending on what mock draft you're looking at. Some people like no ceilings have as high as three and four in their mocks, depending on which guy has drawn up the mock that day. Um, Having a guy like Grant Nelson showing him and being like, hey, I can fill that same role, could very well project him to a similar type of draft stock in a different draft because the 2023 draft is loaded, folks. Um, Grant Nelson's 35% from unguarded threes. Uh, so again, got to think about spacing. and Can you get him unguarded threes, pick-and-pop type actions with the kind of offense Houston might have could really help him. The thing I think is interesting about Grant Nelson is the things that I would point as things he needs to work on his game I think Houston would do great to fix with. We've talked we talked a lot about on this program how Kellen Sampson is kind of a big man whisperer between the development he's had with guys like Juwan Roberts um, that would help Grant Nelson with all of his left hand finish. He's great to his right hand. He doesn't use the left hand like hardly at all down inside ten feet. Um, I wonder if working with Sampson would help him out there. And then honestly, because he's so involved in the offense at North Dakota State, he doesn't get to show off his defensive prowess. That I think there is potential there samson's the best defensive coach i've ever seen coach like he can sh- he can pull that out of him as well and so i think that's a great great spot for him one guy is close to my heart from atlanta texas would be damian collins i i think it's mostly because i think this kid's a hard to define position kid that's kind of gotten s- screwed over for lack of a better phrase. i can say that right yeah screwed over th- for like a better phrase it's like just stuck in the bad spot damian collins from atlanta texas was a high-end, five-star, top-everything recruit out of high school, uh, went to Kentucky. He's a 6'9 big man. And I think the deal there is they had, like, Oscar sheet, but they had, they had NBA-caliber centers, and he had trouble transitioning to the power forward spot, and he never really saw the floor at Kentucky. And he's still on the board. This is a former five-star guy, crazy long arms, crazy bounce, crazy athleticism, crazy quickness um, from nearby Atlanta, Texas. And he's just out there right now, floating in the portal. Now, admittedly, he went to Kentucky. Kentucky had a bunch of guys. And Coach Calipari has made no qualms about it. He's like, I'm going to get the best guys. And whoever plays, plays. The best guys plays. That's how Cal runs it. I'm not saying he should have played more there. I'm saying it feels like he was trying to get, you know, fit into a round hole as a square peg in a lot of ways, right? And I think Houston, as a team that has utilized, the six nine center and before in their successful seasons under Samson, I feel like this feels like at least a Tajay Moore kind of play. Um I I feel like that's kind of where we're going with this. So we'll see. Um I think the other thing about this is like there aren't a whole lot of interviews with the kid because they're mostly from high school. He just seems like a great kid. And I think that's part of the thing too is like Houston's a program we've heard, talked about heard Samson talk about it before, built on having great people there. And I feel like he fits that mold too, and so that's, that's one thing I'm leaning into on that a little bit. Um, Musa Cease, I have no indication as anything other than a great person, but I don't have a whole lot of the personality traits about him. But athletically, if Houston's moving into the big, if Houston is moving to the Big Twelve and needs the size and strength to do these things, Musa Cease is like this portal wonder out there still waiting around that could come in and do it right away. He's 6'10", 225 at least. He's listed 25. I thought it'd be like 240. Um, Big, strong, fast. Um, Started off at Memphis before transferring to Oklahoma State. Um, So, honestly, like kind of familiar with Houston. Houston's kind of familiar with him. Um, Just seven points and eight rebounds per game last year, but also just played 22 and a half minutes. And I wonder if the deal is, is that at, you know, if you expand that out to playing, 35 minutes suddenly to how how high do those numbers go um he is a crazy high motor athlete right we talk about like how houston had to rely on high motor bigs where they played these like six eight and six nine guys and or six seven six eight guys really there right six ten and change and 225 or more with the same kind of motor would be a great fit in the houston system and the big deal there to me is he dunks everything he really does he like threatens to break backboards and threatens to break rims. He is a tremendous, you know, powerful force. And in those big 12 moments, big Monday, you're playing Kansas. We hope it's in Houston that they moved the one to Mexico city. That's from Kansas, but you feel me on that, right? Um, Big, big moment, clutch play, da-da-da, and he picks up a reel and just punches one home and tears the rim down. That kind of a moment is what Big 12 basketball could be all about. I really think that Musa Cease, um would be a great, great fit in Houston because of it. And he brings in familiarity with the conference. Oklahoma State is not the kind of program that Houston is, at least not in the present tense. Eddie he said, actually, they kind of rolling for a while there, but obviously things have changed. Um, lots of guys from Oklahoma State are in the transfer portal because those things have changed. For what it's worth, I think he's worth the flyer. I think that's part of the deal with these last this last roster spot is you're know, replacing Malik Wilson who you're hoping is going to play some next year but didn't play at all last year. And Can you find someone to potentially really play a big role in the season and then maybe let those younger freshmen develop and get good habits and practice and work hard and not have to put them on the floor in their first season? All that is to say that I see this spot very clearly. (laughs) I mentioned Phillips, Nelson, uh, Collins, and Cease. I see all of these spots, all of these guys looking at this transfer spot as bigs. I don't think Houston goes guard or wing in this uh, instance. Um, You know, I guess the power forward that could maybe play the wing you could talk me into, but truthfully, As I look at it, they've got a really, really good guard room, Um, assuming Cryer and Shed do come back from the NBA draft process because, again, they were left off the NBA draft combine list. Um, But you got Damian Dunn of the three. Both those guys bring the ball up. I mean, that is as good an offensive backcourt as you're going to see in America. It's going to feel similar on offense to what you had last year, actually, because for what it's worth, LJ Cryer shut the ball really, really well and actually had a higher three-point percentage than one Marcus Sasser. You're looking at a really strong offensive group uh anyway i'm really excited about the backcourt and so i feel like if we can add to the front court that last transfer spot and need somebody that can play right away things could be looking up really really quickly but in the third segment i want to investigate some do they really even need it and so i guess let's talk about that a little bit because i think there's a fair point to be made here that potentially you know just wait to see who grad transfers who files a grad transfer this summer just continue to wait and see. You know, you have you, there's no seven footer that fits the Houston mold perfectly. Left out there right now, wait to see what happens. Someone might apply for a waiver or whatever happens over the course of the summer, right? Head coaches could be on the move. Somebody, you know, enters the portal or enters the idea of transferring in July. You add them; they're the perfect piece. Why force it just because you have a spot right now? Frankly, you could also give that scholarship to Ryan Elvin or somebody like and just roll with the 14 guys you've got. You don't have to have all 15. You just have your 12 scholars. Right. Um, I, I think I look at that and think, you know, I, I follow that line of thinking. and I think that that's fair. I think the deal there is if you followed that line of thinking, you're going to be relying on some freshman, whether it's Big Said or uh, McFarland or, or whomever. Um, Jojo Tugler, right? He'll be a great college basketball player, at least, if not a pro. But you're going to be relying on those guys right off the bat in their freshman seasons uh, if you don't go get someone to transfer board, a little bit more experience. And I think you can kind of get away with that. Some of the co- uh, American Conference talents, um, you know, you can go play SMU and like get freshman minutes. See, so we saw Houston do it with Terrence, Ars- Terrence Arsenault and Emmanuel Sharp. And then you see that pay dividends by the end of this season. Because you didn't hurt your success in the early part. And then those guys are like kind of, you know, battle tested by the time you get to March. It's a great, great thing that Sampson does and has done in the Athletic Conference. But in the Big 12, those minutes could really, really hurt you. And those learning mistakes at crucial times lead to losses in a way they don't lead to that instead of ugly wins like they did before. And I worry that Houston can't afford as many of those. As they did. Now, I love Cordell, the freshman coming in at guard, um, but like I said with the guard room earlier, I could see him very quickly becoming a guy that doesn't get a floor a whole lot as a freshman, and then gets the floor a whole whole heck of a lot as a sophomore. Right, Jamal Shen moves on to the pros and moves on to play pro basketball somewhere, and then you start moving guys around. And then Cordell Jeffs becomes part of your guard rotation. He becomes an impact player very quickly. Kid's very very talented, but on the whole. I don't know if he'll play much next year. I think that kind of feel the same way about should they play much as the big men. I think all the, all three big guys are going to be big time, powerful, impactful players for the University of Houston in their time in the third ward. However, does it happen next season? I think that season looks a lot different if it does. And I would rather continue to ride the success and keep it rolling. In our first season of the Big 12, let's go win the thing in our first season of the Big 12. I think that's a much easier thing to do personally if you pull in that transfer. If you think differently, everyone gets their opinion. Yours might be wrong. But tell me at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-5-1-2 on Instagram, Twitter, all your paper social media handles. I'll be happy to talk all things Cougs. Uh, it's also an exciting moment for the Houston Cougar baseball team. Well, you know, last night against Rice didn't go so well, but it's a really, really exciting season for the Houston Cougars. They actually still won that series. So, like, you no, know, whatever. Take that game, Rice. But um, we'll talk about that as well. Football stuff coming up. We'll talk in Friday's episode for the Everydayer about what to make of all of these betting and sports books putting Houston over into 4.5 wins next season and what that really means for the Cougar schedule. Um, so, we'll look at that tomorrow. Um, but if you want to talk about that on Twitter, we can talk about that as well. You can find me. We also talk about the Rockets, the Astros, whatever. Find me again at Painsworth512, 5 P-A-I-N-S, on Twitter, Instagram, all your social media handles. Thank you so much for making Lockdown on your first listen of the day. Let me recommend, because it is the last day players can enter the transfer portal, do a listen to Locked on College Basketball for your second listen of the day. It's a great, great show. Andy and I do a great job following all this transfer portal nonsense and chaos that is just unheard of until the last couple of years. They're doing a great, great job covering it. So make sure go check them out for a second. Listen, thank you all so much for tuning into Locked on Cougs. Locked on Cougs is the primary Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.